0: Ezekiel chapter 47, verse number one. Afterward he brought me again unto the door of the house, and behold, waters issued out from under. Everybody say, out from under. The waters issued out from under the threshold of the house, eastward from the for the forefront of the house stood toward the east. And the waters came down from under the right side of the house at the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward, Ezekiel's vision of this temple. And this water coming out of the temple, he led me about the way without unto the utter gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. Everybody say, there ran out. It ran out from the temple. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles, and again, he measured a 1,000 and brought me through the waters, and the waters were to the knees. Again, he measured a 1,000 and brought me through the waters were to the loins, and afterward, he measured a 1,000. And it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over." And I've heard it preached from this passage so many times about getting into the deep things of God, about stretching in past the ankles, past the knees, past the thighs into waters to swim in. Uh, But tonight we're, we're focusing not necessarily on the depth of the river, but we're focusing on the direction of the river's flow coming out of the temple, coming out of the temple. And as the flow went out from the temple, it got deeper. And he said unto me, Son of man, hast thou seen this? And then he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river. Now when I had returned, behold, at the bank of the river there were very many trees on one side and on the other. Then he said to me, These waters issue out toward the east country and go down into the desert and they go into the sea. Which being brought forth into the sea, the water shall be healed, and it shall come to pass, that everything that liveth, which moveth whithersoever the river shall come, shall live. And there shall be a very great multitude of fish, because these waters shall come thither, for they shall be healed, and everything shall live whither the river cometh. Wherever that river flows, life will accompany it. Life will accompany it. And it shall come to pass. Fishers shall stand. I told you we we're going a long, long, long while here. The fishers shall stand upon it from Engedi even to Eneglim. They shall be as a, pl- a place to spread forth nets. Their fish shall be according to their kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceeding many. And how many know that we're called not to be fishers of fish, although maybe that's your occupation, but we're called as Christians to be fishers of men. But the miry places, verse 11 says, the miry places thereof in the marshes, and this is indicative of stagnant water, water that is not moving. Really going along with what our pastor preached to us this morning. That, that, that water that is not moving but that is stagnant. Those marshes and miry places shall not be healed but they shall be given to salt. And by the river upon the bank thereof on this side and on that side shall grow all trees for meat whose leaves shall not fade. Neither shall the fruit thereof be consumed. It shall bring forth new fruit according to his months because their waters, this is why. Because the waters issued out of the sanctuary. And the fruit thereof shall be for meat, and the leaf thereof for medicine. I think, you know, I don't really have a very polished sermon tonight. I'm sorry. Um, I just have a bunch of scriptures and and notes that go along with that. But I know God has a, a definite, clear word for us tonight. And so I want us to pray together. So if we could just bow our heads and just let God speak to us in the next few minutes. Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word Lord, your word is forever settled in heaven. It is true. Lord God, it is true, and it is by this truth that we are sanctified and that we are grown into maturity, that we are that we are made more like you, Lord God, so I pray in this place tonight, we thank you for the presence of God that we feel, for the worship that has gone forth. we give given, we've give you all the glory and all the praise, Lord, and I pray that your word would quicken us, would make us alive, God, would give us revelation and understanding and ways of thinking that you, Lord God, would speak to every individual in this room, Lord God, casting down a imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and, and pulling down strongholds, ways of thinking, God, Lord, that aren't in your word, God, and I pray that you would replace them with the ways that are in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody say amen. Amen. Now, I don't have a very nice introduction, but there was a song that my brother and I used to listen to, and you'll have to, you'll have to pardon me, and, and my brother for a second, but little little Donald Lawrence coming at you. And it went, this is for the saints. A message for the saints. O'Neal knows that this is for the saints. Singing, singing a little out of y'all, what? This is for the saints. A message for the saints. Yeah. This is for the saints. Here we go. Okay, there you go. Give it up for O'Neal Hamilton, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I, got a, I believe there's a word of, of direction for us as the church tonight. And so, uh, anybody ever wanted to be in two places at one time? Yeah? A lot of nodding out there. You know, there's a lot of times when I wish I could have been in two places at once, or I wish I could be in two places at one time. And, and uh, you know, sometimes when, especially, you know, those first few months when you have a kid and, and, and you have to go to work and it doesn't, any other dads join me and say it feels like like you're losing a piece of yourself when you walk out the door to go to work? Anyone? Yeah? <laughs> Andrew, thank you. Thank you. I'm not all by myself. Uh, but, you know, you, you have to do what you got to do. And you wish you could be at home because, you know, when you're at work, you miss things, right? And, but, you know, you got to be at work. And so there's this tension and everything that takes place inside of us. I wish I could be in two places at once. Um, but that's impossible for us. That's impossible for us. And, you know what, while we may be limited to being in one place At one time, I know a God who does not have that limitation. He is omnipresent. That means he is everywhere present and he is nowhere absent. He fills all space. He fills all time. He is omnipresent. Proverbs 15 verse 3 says that the eyes of the Lord are in every place beholding the evil and the good. And the psalmist declared in Psalm 139, where shall I go from your spirit? How can I flee? Where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, God, you are there. And if I make my bed in hell, you're there. And if I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, if I go to the ends of the earth, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold me. God is everywhere present and nowhere absent. However, if we travel a little bit back in human history, we find a place in scripture where the omnipresent God makes a distinction between where he can manifest himself and where he will not. And manifest is basically just this definition came to mind, a clear or obvious. It's clear or obvious to the eyes or to the mind. And there's some synonyms to think about. it. It's obvious, clear, plain, apparent. There's evidence there. It's palpable. Anybody ever been in a conversation or in a room where they say the tension was so thick you could cut it with a knife? See, that's, that's something that was palpable. The tension was palpable. And, and so that's, that's another way that manifest could be described. And, and so the manifested, the palpable, the apparent, the clear, the, 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 the conspicuous, the unmistakable, but the unquestionable, the undeniable and noticeable presence of God. That When something happened at some point in human history where the omnipresent God could no longer manifest his presence everywhere. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden in Genesis chapter 3, and then they tried to hide themselves from God, who is omnipresent, they missed that memo. But in that point of time, God had no choice but to separate the creature that he loved the most from his manifested presence because sin was now in the picture. Sin entered into the world and death by sin. In Psalm chapter 5 verse 4, the psalmist declares that you are not a God that has pleasure in wickedness. You're not a God that has pleasure in sin. Neither shall evil dwell with thee. The manifested presence of God cannot coexist with sin. God will not make himself clear. He will not make himself obvious. He will not manifest his presence in a place where iniquity and sin reigns. He cannot he he makes that limitation upon himself and and so iniquity is when I become a law unto myself and I begin to make my own decisions without talking to God it's literally defined as lawlessness that's what iniquity is when I take the place of God in my life when I sit on the throne of my own life that's what iniquity is and sin is just open disobedience to God. And when iniquity and sin reign, God cannot. We, we we make that decision, just like Adam and Eve made in the garden, that I could be as God, knowing good and evil. And and God says, okay, I'm gonna respect that choice of free will that you've made and I will not manifest my presence but there is also a promise in the word of God that in the moment that we repent, the moment that we turn our lives back to him, the moment that we put God on the throne of our lives once more, then his manifested presence will flood back into our lives. First John chapter 1 verse 9 declares that if we confess our sins he is faithful and us to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and I don't know about you but I've done some things I know weren't right in my past I don't know about you and I'm so thankful that there was a God that even when I chose the wrong thing the moment that I turned around and I chose him his love came rushing in his mercy came rushing in his grace came rushing in and his manifested presence came rushing in to my life into my heart and he loved me and he loves me and he changed me for his glory so after the fall of Adam God in human history God will not manifest his presence everywhere he cannot bless iniquity and sin he cannot with the he cannot bless iniquity and sin with the light of his presence so sin reigns and death reigns after Adam in Romans chapter 5 Paul writes about this in verse number 12 he says by one man sin entered into the world and death accompanied sin and so death passed upon all men everybody say that's me for that all have sinned for until the law sin was in the world but sin is not imputed when there is no law nevertheless death reigned from adam to moses think about that the the omnipresent god chose not to manifest his presence in 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 the same measure that he did before sin and death reigned from adam to moses even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression who is the figure of him who was to come. And as we've seen so powerfully illustrated by our pastor, the tabernacle plan was given to to allow the manifested presence of God to interact with humanity once again. That the manifested presence of God could come and dwell with man once more. There was a pattern. There was a pattern behind those tent tent walls. And the, the pattern was followed into the holiest of holies and the manifested presence of God could once again be felt could once again be seen and the children of Israel followed it it was a pillar of fire by night and it was a pillar of cloud by day and Exodus chapter 25 verse 22 says this that it was there above the mercy seat God says that I will meet with the children of Israel I will commune with you from above the mercy seat from between the two cherubims which are above. Above the mercy seat and upon the ark of the testimony of all the things which I will give you in the commandment unto the children of Israel. And the Ark became representative as the manifested presence of God. And the manifested presence of God traveled with Israel everywhere they carried the Ark of the Covenant. Everywhere they went with the tabernacle, the manifested presence of God went with them. At at one point, God said, Moses, I'm a little frustrated. I'm going to send an angel ahead of you. And, And he'll clear the way. But Moses looked, turned back to God. He said, God, if your presence does not go with us, then we will not go go up there was a dependency in the nation of Israel on the manifested presence of God they didn't move anywhere until the manifested presence of God moved they didn't put one foot in front of the other until the manifested presence of God led the way because there is nothing like the manifested the undeniable the unmistakable presence of God there is nothing on planet earth that can compare to the presence of God as he comes amongst his people as he comes and he fills us and he fills this room as we worship him there is nothing like his presence nothing like his presence nothing like his presence and so israel would would continue to travel with the tabernacle and the manifested presence of god would go with them and and later on solomon would build a temple dedicated to the glory of god and and the manifested presence of god rested in the city of jerusalem You know, while this was a vast improvement on the darkness that had come before, it was so much better for mankind that the manifested presence of God interacted with a people, the people of Israel. This was so much better, but the manifested presence of God was still relegated to one geographical location. One time a year, only one man could go behind that veil into the holiest of holies and interact with the manifested glory and presence of God. Think about that. Think about that. What we enjoy today, what we enjoy tonight, what we felt in worship, that would only be experienced by one man on one day every single year. The manifested glory of God was relegated to this geographical location. A building housed The presence of God, the glory, the manifested presence of God all throughout human history for thousands of years until John chapter one records that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him. In God was life and life was the light of men. And, and light shined in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. But then we skip down to verse number 14, and it says that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. What is that glory? It is the manifested presence of God manifested in the body of human flesh. And that word dwelt in that scripture literally means to dwell as in a tent. Literally, you could say that, that God came and tabernacled among us. He took on a temporary house. He took on a temporary tent of flesh and blood. And and the manifested presence of God no longer was relegated to that one geographical location. But the manifested presence of God walked everywhere Jesus walked. He was the God-man. And so everywhere that Jesus went, the presence of Almighty God was shown. Bodies were raised. Deaf ears and blind eyes were opened. The dead were raised to life sins were forgiven crippled limbs were made straight the lame leapt for joy the demoniacs were delivered from their bondage and seizures were stopped everywhere the manifest presence of God went as Jesus walked this earth but the manifested presence of God was still confined to one human body to one human body God is omnipresent. He's everywhere present, nowhere absent. But where his power shows up, where his, where his anointing shows up, where, 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 where there is a manifestation of his glory and of his presence was confined to one human body. Sin and death still reigned in most corners of the globe. Sin and death still reigned until this moment. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost and behold the veil of the temple was rent from the top to the bottom and the earth did quake and the rocks also rent and what had been previously been confined behind an impenetrable veil that thing was so thick it wasn't like the curtains we have today there's no way a human being could rip that thing but when jesus christ died on that cross that veil that separated humanity from the manifested presence of god as the as the, his body w- was penetrated with that spear into his side that veil of the temple rent from top to the bottom and then Three days later, the impenetrable veil of death was ripped open also as Jesus rose with all power in heaven and earth. And now there is no geographical limitation on where God can manifest his presence. He can manifest his presence in South Africa and in Ghana. He can manifest his presence in China. He can manifest his presence anywhere and everywhere because there was a God who went to Calvary and took that penalty for us and the veil was rent in twain. Imagine with me if the Mactaquack Dam just let go. What would that look like? Neil Phillips, where are you at? Is he here? He's working. (laughs) Hopefully it doesn't happen tonight, Neil Phillips. (laughs) But imagine if that were to happen. The gush of water that would just overwhelm i mean this is the saint john river right here and i don't know exactly where in the province this is but you can imagine if it was downstream from the dam how far those shorelines would push back right because when water that has been dammed up is let go you're not stopping it you're not stopping it at all it is unstoppable force it is an unstoppable force and that's what happened when Christ died on the cross. when he was buried, and when he rose again the third day, it, it cracked open an impenetrable wall, and the flow of the Holy Ghost just started flooding the, the ancient world. It started to flood. It's, that's what happened. He was buried. He rose again. And all those supernatural dams, that, that 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 limitation that God had placed upon himself was was ripped open and no longer was the manifested presence of God relegated to a geographical location. It was free flowing for all who would respond. And, and we see in Acts chapter two, just a few days after, after Jesus ascended to heaven, that, that when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And Suddenly There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Previously the manifested presence of God would have been confined to a room in the temple. Previously the manifested presence of God would have been confined to a room in the tabernacle. Previously, it would have been confined to the human form of Christ Jesus, but now Ezekiel's vision was beginning to come to pass because he said that the waters would issue out, and it would spread, and it would be an unstoppable flow, and as people staggered out from the threshold of that upper room, a mighty river began to flow through the streets of Jerusalem. It was like the Mactiquac breaking in this unstoppable flow flooded ancient Rome flooded Jerusalem flooded all of the Roman Empire As every believer filled with the Holy Ghost, filled with the manifest presence of God, carried that river everywhere that they went. They carried that river from Jerusalem to Damascus, to to Macedonia. They carried it to Rome. They carried it to Greece. Everywhere in the ancient world was turned upside down because the river could no longer be stopped. The river could no longer be held back. The Holy Ghost... Is that river? John, Jesus said it. It's not me. Jesus said in John 7, that if any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me as the scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then John clarifies in the next verse that he was talking in that moment about the Holy Ghost, about the Holy Spirit that was poured out in the book of Acts. That's the river that's in me. That's the river that's in you. It's a tidal wave of the Holy Ghost. It's a tidal wave that cannot be stopped. It's a tidal wave that's so powerful. There's nothing politics. There's nothing sickness. There's nothing that any factor or or thing on this earth can stop. Because it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. And greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We've got an unstoppable force living on the inside. It is the manifested glory and presence of God. If you're a Holy Ghost-filled believer, you are unstoppable. I'm going to say that again. If you're a Holy Ghost filled believer with the manifested presence of God on the inside, you are unstoppable. I know right now it feels awkward because there are bubbles and limitations and and government directives and all of that but in in the face of all that and we respect all of our governments and we respect what they're trying to do to look out for our health, that does not stop the flow of the Holy Ghost because what they're doing is in the natural but what the Spirit of God wants to do in us and through us is beyond the natural. It is a supernatural work that supersedes every government, that supersedes every scientist, that supersedes anything that the kingdoms of men can bring against us or the kingdoms of darkness can bring against us. It is the power and the manifested presence of God it is the presence of God and a raging river was released in the city of Jerusalem that day they couldn't stop it they added 3,000 souls in one day to the church my God, what I wouldn't do to see that happen right here in Fredericton in one day what I wouldn't give to see that happen in Ormocto in one day you know why? God's got a purpose in this last day God's got a purpose in this last day He's preparing the way He's preparing the ground and there is a river that is going to be released least out of this building and that's going to flow everywhere in this territory and it's you and it's me we are the river but he say i am the river I am a container of the Holy Ghost. That means I've got a river of life springing up out of me that's going to splash over into those around me, that's going to fill those around me, that's going to minister to those around me. I have got the manifested flow and presence of God on the inside of me. Anybody else got it? Anybody, I wonder if you just lift up your hands and thank God that I've got the Holy Ghost. No longer is the presence of God behind a veil. No longer is the presence of God even confined to one man, the God-man walking this earth. But now the presence of God is in every believer. I thank you for that, God. I thank you, God, that you said greater works than the ones that you did. Shall we do? Because you go to your Father. Lord God, you've got a promise on us, and I thank you for it. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. And the rest of the book of Acts contains the story of a raging river. It is a raging river of the Holy Ghost that, that no government authority, that no Jewish Pharisee could stop. They they tried to intimidate it. They tried to persecute it. They tried to stop it. But fear and intimidation turned into a holy boldness and miracles and signs and wonders were done because you cannot control a river. You can't control it. You can't, you couldn't hope to control that dam if it busted. Nobody could, no amount of technology, nothing could stop that. Uh, everywhere that believers met, they brought life. Everywhere that the river flowed, they brought life, even those who served tables. Even those who were doing the most menial menial tasks in the kingdom. Like Stephen saw miracles and signs and wonders and conversions. And we are that church. We are that church. There's no superstars. There's no superheroes in the kingdom. We're all called to do our part. And if we got the Holy Ghost on the inside, then God wants to flow out of us. He wants to minister through us. He wants to empower us to be a witness. That's the reason we've got what we've got. There's a spirit of God that wants to break loose from this building and go through every corridor, go through every school hallway this fall, go into every workplace. I know there's restrictions, but the Holy Ghost is not limited. The Holy Ghost is not socially distanced. The Holy Ghost is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. You can't stop the moving of the spirit. You can't stop the river. I wonder if you just let the river flow right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost, let the river flow. Out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah that's it let the river flow let the river flow let the river flow I want to be in the river of life I want to be in the river of life I choose to be in the river of life life. (laughs) Hala ba, sababa ya, bo, shoko, sababa, Laboka babo, kushaha. Ye, mamaya, la, Soko kasaba, haye. haraba ya la, Ye, shoko, to, tamaha. la, bo, soto, ramasa, Ye, ya, la, shoko, soko, ro, bo, do, bo, soto, lamaha, haye. Kiyamanda, you see, this church can't be confined just to one building. It cannot be because a river is free flowing river is free flowing. We need to gather together. We need to have camaraderie. We need to help each other, build one another up. We need to hear a word of God. What thus saith the Lord from our pastors. We need to gather together. But when we leave this place, that's not the end. That's just the beginning of what God wants to do in this city. That's just the beginning. And when we say, when we say our closing prayer and we leave out those doors, that's not the end of what God wants to do. That is just the beginning. That is just the beginning. That is just the beginning beginning. we didn't come here just to play patty cake for jesus as i've heard in youth camps all through my history these preachers would come and say that i always wanted to say that i don't even know why i said it right there but we didn't just come here to play patty cake for jesus we came here to let a flow of the holy ghost spill out of this building and spill into our homes and spill into our workplaces and spill out because you can't contain the river of the holy ghost But we've seen this mentality of the church as a building in the past little while with this COVID stuff. Past few months, churches are not allowed to open. Churches are closed. You know, we're not confined or defined just by one physical location. I'll say it again. We need to gather. We need one another. We need to be uh, exhorted from the word of God. We need our pastors to speak into our lives. And I understand what people are saying when they say that and what politicians are saying when they say that. But there is no political figure, past, present, or future, that can shut down the church. There is nothing that can stop the church. There is nothing that can stop the church. Because wherever we go, that's church. Wherever we go, that's church. If we're going to work and we got to wear a mask, that's all right. We're going to respect all the rules, but that's still church. And what supernatural can supersede anything in the natural. Because we are spirit beings. God wants to minister spiritually to everybody in this city. So we need to gather together. We need one another. We need camaraderie. We need fellowship. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. Don't get me wrong tonight. But we also desperately need a people who understand the spiritual flow. It's not from out there in here. It's from in here out there. It's from in here. Because we experience the manifested presence of God every time we come together. We experience it every day when we bow our head and we get into our, the Bible and we pray and talk to God and we let the Holy Ghost refill us every day. We experience the manifested glory of God. We've got it. And then what God's calling us to do is to move forward and to step out beyond the doors and to step in faith. To let God use us in a powerful apostolic way. We're not to flow or gather in a building. But we're called to flow out from this building into the world around us. And there's a spiritual river in every believer. And a few weeks ago at the end of service, I remember Pastor Raymond referring to two, law, two, two rivers of prophecy in the, in the, in the New Testament and, and prophesied of, of this last day. And, and it just kind of confirmed in, in me what I felt like God wanted to say to us tonight. The two rivers of prophecy, one that brings life is the one that flows out. And the one that brings death is the one that stagnates and doesn't move. It's leaning, pastor. It's a leaning river. (laughs) It's just stationary. It's stagnant. You know why the Dead Sea is dead? Because it's stagnant. It has all inflow. All inflow. All kinds of sediment and salt and chemicals and things coming into it through that water from the but it's got no outflow and nothing can live in a stagnant pool of water. God's calling us to flow. God's calling us to flow. And we're the church. We are a church that brings life. I know that. That's why we're planting a a daughter work in Oromocto. That's why we've baptized people, many people in the saving name of Jesus Christ in the middle of COVID because we are that church that's why we have a webcast so that there can be an outflow into homes and lives who are not physically able to be in this building that's why we have that because there's an outflow from this building that's why our pastoral team has been urging us to be his tabernacle in our world and to go and find a neighbor and there's a river that god is releasing in this season That will flow out of the doors of 71 Downing Street and spill into every home and to every people group in our city. This isn't a time to be down. I know it's challenging. I know all of these things that we've had to go through. It's difficult for everybody. But you know what? We have Christ in us. That doesn't mean we're never going to have bad days. But that does mean that I have an eternal, eternal hope. And that I can walk through every deep, dark valley with, with joy and with passion. Because the river is in you and the river is in me. And wherever the river goes, wherever you go, God wants to bring life. God desires everywhere you go for life to flourish. God desires that river flowing in you to flow through you and to bring life to those around you. It's his will. It's his desire when we focus our attention on his purpose, which is the world around us. As we're coming back to the music tonight, the last little while, and during this whole pandemic thing, and everything was shut down, and and I'll be honest, I was frustrated for a long time. Anybody else with me on that? Probably still, I am a little bit frustrated. I keep losing masks. I can barely track my sunglasses. Now i got to track a mask. It's a it's hard. <laughs> but God's flipped something in my spirit in this last 6 months. Before COVID happened, I could tell you about a meeting downtown in the work that I do and a conversation just at the tail end of a certain meeting and but we're talking about social emotional needs for kids and things like that and the school system and two women, highly educated professionals, PhD, masters, education. 50 plus years old, I'm not gonna get any more specific than that. But at the end of that meeting, after we talked about values, values that kids need to understand as they go through school, two women that seem to have it all together. They're fighting back tears because they feel like they're drifting because they have no foundation to attach their values to. They have values, they just don't attach them to anything and it creates this uncertainty and this anxiety inside of them. That's who God's calling us to, to flow to, to go to. During COVID, in my basement, little home office, with my little folding chair and little desk. I got an email one day from a gentleman about 60 years old. Just said, can you call me when you, have a, when you have a chance? And I had a chance. I was just t- typing away on a email or something so I just picked up the phone and gave him a call and he's been he's done a lot in his life he's a highly accomplished individual he's been in very high levels of, of government and, and things in this province but he called me because he knew I was a Christian that's why he sent me that email because his wife had, they had found some lumps and they were doing some tests. And the mic before COVID would have said, yes, sir, I'll be praying for you. Yeah, I'll be praying for you. But that day, I, 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 something, I, it, it, I didn't feel anything. I'll be totally honest with you. But there was something that flipped in my psyche and my thinking. And I said, sir, call him by his name. I said, what do you want to pray for? And he told me exactly what he wanted to pray for. And again, the mic before COVID would have said, yeah, we'll be praying for you. We'll put the name on the prayer board. But something changed in me through this whole process. And I said, okay, sir, do you mind if I pray for you right here on the phone? We just... And he said yes sir I, I don't mind you know i think he was a little surprised <laughs> he was a little taken aback by that probably comes from a more traditional sort of background where that isn't as prayer is more of a, a formality but i'm not I'm not speaking negative about anything he's a very sincere guy i prayed on the phone and i spoke against cancer in the name of jesus christ and i spoke against the fear and anxiety and the doubt that would try and cripple their sleep that would try and lock them up in a prison of fear. And all he could say was thank you through a broken voice. And then he hung up the phone. Because there's a river that wants to flow. The river can flow through the phone line. The river can flow over FaceTime. The river can flow through social distancing. The river's not, re- not intimidated, it's not hindered. This whole situation of the past few months, there's a neighbor across the street I just met in Ormukdo, he's a commanding officer to a certain number of men and one of his subordinates reported that he got so frustrated one day that he was literally screaming at the walls in his apartment because he didn't know what to do. He couldn't go anywhere. He was so frustrated, he was so anxious. He was screaming at the top of his lungs, at the walls. Nobody else there. Because he was alone. Can you hear their cry tonight? Can you hear their cry tonight? There's a world that's dead. And in this season of time, that has become so apparent to a lot of people. They have no hope. And they are without God in this world. What an opportunity for the church to be the church. We got to flow out to them and see what God will do. As of April 27th, 50% of Canadians said their mental health had gotten worse during this. Global News calls this current Situation: a human crisis. There's a study recently, August 5th was when this was released, that doctor visits for mental health issues. And I understand we all go through things and I'm not, there's no, if you, if you are cha- battling certain things and, and dealing with certain things, this is no, this is no indicator of your, your walk with God or your relationship with God. We all go through stuff and, and it's, I understand. But to speak to the need that's in the world around us, Visits to the doctor for mental health will increase up to 163% from pre-pandemic levels. Our elders said, it's harvest time. Can I echo what the elder said? It's harvest time. Can anybody lift up their eyes and look on the fields? For they are white, already ready to harvest. There are people you never thought would be open to God that are open to God right now. I said it earlier. O'Neill. you were helping me. This is for the saints. A message for the saints. There's a world that needs what you have. That river of life that's on the inside of you is what they need. That is what they need. Jesus didn't tell us to pray for the harvest. He said to pray that laborers would leave where they are and go into the world and preach the gospel. Where are the laborers tonight? As we stand across this room, I wonder if you could just pray in the Holy Ghost and let the Spirit of God that's in you move you with compassion. And sit, lift up your voice, whatever you're feeling right now. lift up your voice, whatever you're feeling right now. Some people in this room, there's a voice of doubt whispering in your ear. I've never done that. I don't think I could do that. Can I tell you, you're right. You can't, but the Jesus in you can. But the God in you can. The God in you can. The God in you can. Yes, Jesus, the God in you can quicken you. Yes, God, quicken us according to your spirit. Quicken us according to your word. I wonder as we're praying, I wonder if we could all turn around. At least if you're on the floor, I wonder if you could turn around. It's going to be weird. Yeah, turn around. I asked our ushers to get some signs ready for us. If they would be so helpful as to get those. So there is a flow that God wants to release out of this building. Through your prayer and through your life. Where life is going to come. In order they could flip that other picture on the screen as well. mission field is not just in Africa, although we're going to pray for and send missionaries to Africa. The missionary field is not just in Asia. It's not just in the Middle East. It's not just in Europe or South America. The mission field lies right there, beyond those doors. So I wonder as we go to prayer right now, I know this feels weird, but this is our altar call tonight if we would just pray for what's beyond those walls and let a river of the holy ghost be released out of this room and touch beyond these walls in jesus name oh god we pray for fredericton right now god we pray lord for everyone lord that everyone that doesn't know you Lord. everyone God that is lost and undone in this world they don't know the saving name of Jesus maybe they've never heard it maybe they've heard it but they haven't responded yet Lord God I proclaim life Lord I proclaim Holy Ghost outpouring Lord God I proclaim it in the name of Jesus over this city Lord, I proclaim it, Lord God, in this area. Lord God, let the river of the Holy Ghost flow from this building. Lord God, we speak to the prince and power of the air in this territory, and we command him to back off his hold on souls. Lord God, we command this prince and power of the air, the spirit of fear, to loose its grip. Lord God, on people in this city. Lord God, the spirit of delusion, we rebuke it in the name of Jesus. Let your presence do a work lord god do a supernatural work lord god in people who are lost who are broken who are hurting who are who are broken up inside and they don't know how they're gonna get put back together and they don't know where to turn and they feel so lost and they feel so alone and this past season of time has made it so much more apparent to them lord i pray that you would anoint everyone in this building as we walk through our days as we walk through our weeks Lord God that we would be sensitive to the flow of the Holy Ghost to minister God to pray for Lord to speak a word of encouragement to speak a word of life Lord God in our city Lord God because this river is unstoppable there is nothing that is going to stop this end time harvest no government dedict no disease no decree Lord God you are going to do it and we want to be in the flow of the holy ghost somebody pray for the lost right now somebody pray for a co-worker right now somebody pray for somebody who maybe has come to your mind in the past little while that maybe i should talk to them maybe i should speak to them why don't you pray for them right now and let the heart of god be released it's your mission field It's your harvest field to flow out from here into the world. This is the sending point of the church. This is the sending point. You don't need a PhD, you don't need a lot of talent, just let the Holy Ghost flow, let the river flow, let the Spirit of God flow in you and through you. Somebody let the prayer out from within you somebody let a prayer out from within you This is the heart of God this is the passion this is the purpose that God's called us to this is how we're going from here to there this is this is how we're going to get there to have a mentality for lost souls to have a ministry through the power of the Holy Ghost to those around us. Ye mandala la boko shoko la bahaye la bos so kotabaha Ye mandala baye la boko shoko robos satabahaye In the name of Jesus Christ In the name of Jesus Christ In the name of Jesus Christ Ye bandolo bosho kosababaye la bakasababandala la bosso korabahaye Lord God Lord God Hallelujah Hallelujah yes